Welcome to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, a podcast about movies. Today's a very special episode. Um, I'm here with two very special guests. I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. So if you want, I can go first. Whoever wants to go first, ladies first. Okay. <laughs> Yay. So my name is Jasmine. Um, I've known Kevin for what now? Like about a year now? About a year. About a year. Yeah. But yeah. And so I am a mutual friend through passing the mic on. Darrell Morse. Um, I have known Kevin for too long. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Let's see, 22, so about five years. Um, we played basketball together at the time, did a lot of working out together, and now we're somewhat close friends. He <laughs> likes to come and party a lot, but I, okay. I just sit there in the corner. So, um, I also want to say they're like very special because Jasmine is. She's about to be starting her own podcast soon and wanted to know if you wanted to dwell into that a little bit and talk about it and whatnot. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm a native of North Carolina and I grew up playing sports. So heavy uh, being a strong female or a supporter of women in sports. And so my podcast will be called Breakthrough. And it's just basically giving a backstory of women in sports who have had a breakthrough moment in their career, whether it was they were playing, they've coached, they've started their own business. Um, but basically just kind of highlighting more women in the industry. Um, I just feel like, you know, we can do a lot more supporting each other and um, being able to actually know a lot of these women personally um, from my area, North Carolina and outside of um, I just kind of want to highlight them and, you know, kind of help them grow their businesses as well. Amen. That, that sounds real great. I can't wait to tune in and hear that. And um, so what what is it that you do? No, I'm kidding. Man, <laughs> Seriously. Everything. Tom so there's an amazing brand out there called Young CEO. Would you mind telling them a little bit more about it? Yeah. So Young CEO is a brand that I actually started in college. Um, it started off as a school project. Um, that I wasn't, I didn't plan on really launching. It was just like a build a plan, uh, build a business and like present it to the class at the end of the year. Um, so I eventually uh, sent some designs off to some people, and they actually wanted to buy some shirts from me. Mm-hmm. So within that first week, I kind of just sent some Facebook ads off, um, sent the designs to certain people, and I actually launched it in September of 2019. So it just hit a year. And yeah, I sold like over $900 that first week. So I just kept going with it. So, oh, but it's based around like entrepreneurship. Any any business that you're in, like your podcast, this is a business, you know, um, it's all about young entrepreneurs actually pursuing their passions and whatnot. Yeah, so please check it out, young CEO. And whenever Jasmine has her podcast started, please check it out. I'll put the link um, for all that within the post of this on Instagram. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So the thing, it came out June 25th, 1982. So the overview of the thing, it's uh, about a scientific research team in Antarctica. Are They are basically being hunted down one by one by an extraterrestrial life form that takes the form of a human being, making it difficult to detect itself from other researchers. So the cast of the thing 
Kurt Russell as McReady, Wilford Brimley as Dr. Blair, T.K. Carter as Knowles, David Clennon as Palmer, Keith David as Childs, Richard Dysart as Dr. Cooper, Donald Moffat as Gary, Joel Polis as Fuchs, and Thomas G. Waits as Windows. So, um, do you guys like recognize any of these actors when when we were watching the film? Yes, um, Keith. What was his last name? Keith David. Yes, Keith David. I recognize him um, for more modern movies that he's done, yeah. and so I think I was really shocked to see him in that movie. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that he'd been acting that long. But oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's so I think that was yeah, I think that was really interesting to see him in his younger days. So yeah, okay. that was cool. I'd say the same thing, and then also Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, obviously, other, yeah, yeah. seeing him in other movies as well. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. I didn't really know who to expect in the movie. So. Oh, well, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, Keith David is obviously famous. Um, I don't know if you knew like the other black guy in the uh, cast, Knowles. Well, he was. I known him from Saved by the Bell because he was okay. in the very first season of Saved by the Bell. He looked familiar, but so, I wasn't sure where he was from. Okay. okay. And then um, for my fellow listeners, from previous from the previous episode, we had Thomas Waits as Windows. He was from the Warriors, uh, from the Warriors film, and he played as Fox. So this is a really good movie, I believe. Um, well, well, we'll dive we'll dive into that when we get more into the uh, segments, but. Yeah, let's just start off with the um, the budget and box office. So, it would the budget of the film was actually estimated to be fifteen million, and the box office it, it bombed. It was it was terrible. Um, opening weekend it, it only made three million, and overall it grossed nineteen twenty million. That's including worldwide. So, it didn't really do too hot, but um. This film, like I said, this film bombed in the box office, but over time it gained a cult following through VHS tapes and appearing on cable television. And it's now like one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic, sci-fi thriller type of film. I know that. Yeah. So um, I'm, I just want to ask you guys, what makes this film stick out to you guys a lot? Like, What's one certain thing that makes, you, that makes it I guess like memorable. I will happily go first. So I'm very queasy when it comes to anything <laughs> blood related. So it was like, I know it's all fake, you know, it's a mental thing, I guess, but all the scenes where it was just like, you know, blood spewing, blood leaking, blood getting splashed on dogs, blood going there and there. You know, that sticks out to me. I'm not really, honestly, I'm not a big sci-fi type of guy anyway. Okay. So that's, that's another thing that stuck out to me. Um, I mean, I watch like The Predator. I guess that's not about maybe. Yeah, it is, it is. It is. But I still like. I watched it, but I didn't really get into it. You knew a twenty-two-year-old was behind all those effects. At this movie or in, a Predator? In, in this movie. Oh, dang. He was behind all the blood effects and everything. So he did. I give him, He did a good job. It was just a lot for me personally. <laughs> I was yeah. Cool. You okay? You okay now? I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think what stood out was, I would say, how they made the the thing, like, just even brought it into the movie, because yeah. it was kind of one of those things, like, all right, well, when is, not want to tell a story, but, you know, what is the thing? And I think I just kind of liked how they 
emerged the actual character into the movie and how it kind of evolved throughout the movie. I think that was kind of dope. I hadn't noticed that in any other sci-fi movies that I've oh, ever yeah. watched. So like comparing it to the Predator, you know, the Predator stays the Predator the mm-hmm. entire time. So I thought that kind of relating it to that, I mean, it basically wants the same thing, but how it maneuvered, I think was kind of different. Yeah. Stood out. I had the same thing, like, like the effects of the film stood out to me a lot in like how the alien transforms, you know, it can like transform into anything and everybody. And it just like, in my eyes, that makes it unique. You know, it gives me like a, it like presents like the ultimate form of paranoia. Like, could you imagine being that sitting alone? Jeez. <laughs> exactly. So. In Antarctica, I wasn't going to be there anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's two. There was two. <laughs> so the reviews of this film, it got some really great reviews. Like I said, it didn't, I'm, like, it's surprising that it, they got some. Oh, I oh, my fault. <laughs> so yeah, like it's a, it's like it surprised me how bad it bombed. Well, I, I heard that it bombed mainly because ET came out around the same time, and people <laughs> wanted to watch ET and wanted to have like a friendly alien form, not know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever this was, but uh, so we got a score of a fifty-seven. It got fifty-seven score on Metascore, so that's really good. And also has an eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score of ninety-two percent. So I got some of the reviews from both sites. The special effects can't hope to be as creepy to our seen-it-all eyes as they were, as they were to the film's first viewers. But we can still enjoy the monster's unique weirdness, and the story is a rock-solid yarn. The thing is a peerless masterpiece of relentless suspense retina wrecking visual access and outright nihilistic terror placing 12 men at an arctic station while a shapeshifter takes them one by one the thing has emerged as one of our most potent 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 i don't know something like that potent modern terrors combining the icy cold chill of suspicion and uncertainty with those magnificently imaginative effects. Man, we, too many big words. Yeah, well, like, that's a lot of big words. I can't even. Oh, wow. I'm like, so dang. Mad. If he would have made you even right. clever, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm tripping, tripping. This hangover ain't helping. I told y'all he's like, party. All right. So, um, what, what, what do y'all think about the film overall? Like, if you can give it a one out of 10, what would you give it? Okay. So, based off, since it was made back in 1982, yeah. So like, yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, lower my standard. I don't want to say lower my standard, but as far as like my rating, um, I still give it like a seven point eight, eight point two, somewhere in that range. And this um, was like your first time watching this too. Yeah, and uh, like I said, sci-fi really isn't my thing. Yeah. Um, but like the suspense, the suspense plus my queasiness with the blood, <laughs> that kept me entertained the whole time. Because like Jasmine said, like how they ease the character. Into the film, I was like, "Why is this random pup?" Remember when the well? No, go ahead. You know, no, no, dive into the, it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Remember when the wolf first went into? So there was one scene. There was a shadow of. I'm not sure who the character was, but the wolf had eased into the room. Like they stopped. They stopped. Looked in the room and then eased in there. Right. And I think that's when the first character got taken. And then when the guy had to take the wolf to the cage with the rest of the wolves, they just sat there all like that, just looking up. 
and then the transform, and it's like all that suspense. I love the suspense of it, yeah. so and that had me throughout the whole movie. I was talking during the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, he was. Okay, well, you know. That's okay. Um, I would say I would probably give it a seven as well, based off of when it was filmed. Um, but I'm also not a sci-fi person, so for me to stay truly engaged the entire movie, like that, I thought it was really entertaining. Um, and just like we, like I said before, just the overall concept of the movie of it being a shapeshifter and you not knowing who who is going to be taken next, you putting yourself in that predicament. People are going mad and crazy. Like, I just, I don't know. It was just really, it was creepy, but suspenseful. It was nasty. Like, the effects for being in 1982, I thought were still, like, kind of gruesome and gory. You know, for 1982, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I would definitely give it a seven. Now, if you if you would ask me to go into the store and pick that movie out, it probably wouldn't have happened. But, oh. but I, because I, I, I would just by looking at it, I'd be like, the thing, you're like, well, what's that? And so, yeah, but I'm glad we watched it for sure. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I mean, it was, uh, you're, you guys' first time watching it. Uh, me personally, I mean, I'm giving that thing a nine out of 10 for me. I, I, wow. I, I love that film, and I'm a huge fan when it comes to like sci fi horror. I feel like it's kind of, I feel like that category alone, sci fi horror, has, um, not been holding up well over the time, like over the time. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess people don't have as much interest in it anymore because you know people back in the day were like so much uh, excited for like the future and everything, yeah. futuristic things. So, yeah. but I mean, I'm giving it nine out of ten. I love the film. No, it was I, like I said. I've seen some other sci-fi movies before. Yeah. And like I like them, but as long as it can hold my attention and I can stay engaged and it has a good plot, yeah. then I think it's like really cool. But if I get confused and lost, that's usually what happens with me and sci I'm like, wait, what? Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> and I did a few times get confused, but that's because there were so many characters. But overall, I liked it. Yeah, I felt like, I guess like, would you guys say that it had like a slow buildup to it? Because, yeah, you know, I, I could tell, <laughs> I could, I, like watching I'm like, you know, this is slow buildup, but Hopefully, hopefully they just keep staying with it because it is a slow buildup. But then, you know, things start getting crazier and crazier. I think that's what made it so good, though, like because it was such a slow build. Like, like usually a slow buildup, I'm like, okay, look, I'm like cut this off, oh. turn something else on. <laughs> but because of the slow buildup and then how it just hit so hard with that wolf just transforming, it was like, okay, now let me let me see what happens the rest of this movie. Yeah. So good pick there, buddy. Always. I got it. oh, watch out! All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, another thing I should have said this too. Another thing that makes it so unique is like the way it, like keeps you on like the edge of your seat, like because you really don't have no idea on who's next and who's next. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that and that's that's pretty much it. All right, next segment <laughs> we got movie awards. So this was nominated for best movie horror film and Best Special Effects at the 1982 Saturn Awards. So to um, to the category of Best Horror Film, it lost to Poltergeist. You guys ever heard, heard or of, seen yeah, it? Yeah, I've heard of Poltergeist. Okay. Yeah, you, no, I haven't. It's, a, it's, a, it's like, it's okay. I think, um, I think it's a PG type of horror film. But it's not really, it's because it's, it's like, 
it's kind of like a like a haunting movie, you know, mm. like a family moves into a house oh. and it's buried like on ancient Indian Indian ground. It's like a spirit, like spirit yeah, spirit horror. film. Spirit. So, mm, okay. horror. But um, I mean, if you watch it now, it's just and it's good. But if you watch it now, you're just like, bro, this looks tacky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lots of Porter guys that year and other films that were nominated in this category were Creep Show. Death Trap and Swamp Thing. Have you heard of any of those films? I feel like I've heard of Death Trap. Okay. But I've never seen any of those. Okay. So Creep Show, I recognize this one a lot. Cause like Creep Show is like a it is like a movie that has like certain scary movie tales in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um who was who were the directors? I gotta look at the directors again for this one. Cause I, I know one of them was George A. Romero. If you guys don't know him, he was um he's like the godfather of zombie films. And um the other director was it yeah, S- Stephen King. Oh well. Yeah, so George R. Romero and Stephen King. And it's probably creepy then. So <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean it has a sequel, so I mean it, I think it's pretty good. But yeah, those were that was the uh, categories and the names. I personally think Porter Gosh shouldn't want it because it's not as scary as as the thing was, or creepy like Creep Show was, um, and in special effects, it lost to E.T. And other nominees in this category were The Dark Crystal, Forbidden World, and Blade Runner. Mm, okay. Have you seen any of those? Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. You seen Blade, Blade Runner? Mm-hmm. I think Blade Runner should have won this one. Yeah, that, had, yeah. That's very futuristic, and I, I, I love that movie as well. So. Yeah. Interesting. Next category, we have the movie facts. Now, y'all thought the movie was bizarre, crazy. Y'all ain't, uh, y'all, y'all ain't ready for these movie facts, and I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> the, like, it's pretty crazy on how how um what went on behind the scenes. So the first one I have is our main protagonist, our um lead actor Kurt Russell, he almost killed himself with a stick of dynamite in the film. Yeah. Not that one scene? Or was this like um I can't remember. Oh it was it, oh, I have it right here. So during during the filming he Kurt Russell threw an actual stick of dynamite toward the end and one of the scenes that's toward the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And he didn't anticipate anticipate it being so powerful. The explosion so he was so when it exploded he literally was blown backwards and this and that whole reaction of him throwing in and everything him getting blown backwards this was actually left in the film so then they kept that part in the film um there is okay yeah <laughs> obviously yeah yeah there is an alternate ending in which McReady, Kurt Russell's character, mm-hmm. is saved by a rescue team. So, like, there's a so the alternate ending I, I obviously doesn't include Childs. And in the spoiler alert in the film, he uh, it was him and Childs yeah. that was left left alive, or the last ones left. Which I found very surprising. It's a black guy. Yeah. It's a black guy. Yeah. It's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's saved by a rescue team, and then they take his blood to see if he's infected. And it's supposed to be like a 
like a real huge buildup. And it turns out he wasn't infected. Oh, so nah, it should have been. That would have been a part two. So another crazy fact: the whole cast almost died while on their way to film the movie. Like they took like a big tour bus or whatever, and they were driving through British Columbia, which is in Canada, mm-hmm. and it was like very dark, very snowy. I, the roads were icy. And their bus almost went off the road, and I. I hey, that's crazy. So, so this was filmed in Canada then. It was filmed. British Columbia. It was filmed in British Columbia, and part of it was filmed, I believe, in America too. Oh. So it was filmed in two different locations in two locations. That's crazy how they made it really seem like it was in Antarctica. So, the cast and crew. Almost died again. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I just like they made this movie. <laughs> I just had to quit. They, they, they almost died. Remember the scene where um, the doctor is doing the uh, yeah. mm-hmm. the clear. So it was a chest eating scene, chest bursting scene, whatever. Mm-hmm. So when when the thing or the alien transformed into that big, mm-hmm. huge other alien life form. Yeah. Um, they use a lot of highly flammable materials to create the gooeyness of it. And um, during that scene, Kurt Russell had the flamethrower, right? And he was, so they, I believe that, I, don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe the, um, the director knew, knew the, the risk of doing this scene, but he was just like, forget it, let's do it. So they shoot the flamethrower and the flame catches on fire um yeah it, it like the flame lights up a fire bar they had there mm-hmm. and they had like all types of flammable materials and the room erupted into a giant ball of flame so they were just going through it yeah. so thankfully no one was hurt but <laughs> yeah that was um nothing was hurt except for like the, the alien or the thing model it got destroyed in the scene Oh, it got destroyed while wow. mm-hmm. this whole big, huge flame happened. So, um, is this the last one? Yeah, this is the last one. So, the last and final movie fact I have is that the cinema, the cinematographer Dean Condy, he said there's a um, when this movie got released for Blu-ray and 4K film like recently, right? And he said in an interview when it was being released that you can tell who is the alien, who is not the alien by their eyes. So um, he, he said, and I quote, a subtle way to say which one of these men might be human. You'll notice there's always an eye light. We call it a little gleam in the eye of the actor. It gives life. And all of them had that except for Palmer, who was the pothead that was tied down and turned into the. So yeah, if you go back and you look closely, you can tell by their eyes who was the, who was the thing and who was not the thing. Speaking of him, though, that that was a super plot twist because I did not expect him to become the thing. Mm. That's the one thing I actually saw while we were watching. We were like, yeah, what a change of events. <laughs> okay. But now that you've said, you've said all of that, it's just kind of like, it makes sense why the movie was $15 million. 
fifteen million dollars to make because I guess all the special effects and all of that. Who knows how much it was back then, you know? Oh yeah. And then if they almost died about eight times, you know, it's like <clears throat> and who knows what got destroyed. So it's just like, ooh, I don't know. I, I was just kind of thinking like if I'm part of the cast and we're like halfway through the movie and all these things keep happening, it's like do you finish the movie? I didn't even start. Like, you almost died on the bus. Right, on the bus. On the bus. That's a sign, ain't it? Like, do, oh, I, do I really make this movie or what? And so to not even get, you know, right then um, that money back, like a lot of money back in return, and you had to go through all that. <laughs> like, I would have been pissed. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, to make what you said, $4 million gross, right? I mean, from the how much it oh, made. Oh, yeah. Uh, so basically, made, basically made only $4 million back. Yeah, so that's, yeah, back. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how happy I would have been about that. Hmm. I do have uh, one more um, fact that I forgot to say. So the director, John Carpenter, he hates the movie E.T. <laughs> I wonder why. And he hates the movie E.T. because that the, the, it beat him. It, it crushed him in the box office. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they beat him because they took that Saturn Award away for best special effects. Mm. But yeah, well, he hates ET. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't want y'all to judge me, especially you. I've never actually watched ET, it's but fine. I feel like it's a kid friendly movie, so it, maybe that's why it I'm, is. Um, I mean, I don't have no love for it, so it don't bother me. I find I actually think ET is annoying as hell because, <laughs> like, a little boy in it, he won't, he won't like stop crying and complaining. Where's ET? Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate that little ass boy, annoying as hell, kept crying and stuff. I've never seen a little boy cry so much in this film. I might have to go watch it now, just because you said it. Go ahead. I mean, you it's, watch a, with me? it's a good one. I probably won't watch it oh, with okay. you. It's, a, it's, it's, it's good, though. I mean, it's made its statement in pop culture, I guess. <laughs> so you real mad. No, I'm straight. I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought uh, Kevin made the thing. Oh, look, look at him. Nah, I ain't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next category, things I would change about this film. So me personally, I couldn't find anything to change about the film. I thought it was great, you know. Uh, one of one of the things that I like a lot too was like the transition from each scene, because it's just like the tone of the film, like you know, like one scene would end and then it, and then it would like fade to black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was like a very cool way of setting the tone on how dark this movie's going to get as you keep watching it. So. I agree with that. Is there anything that you would change about this film? Or? Um, I'm trying to compare it to other stuff. I don't I can't do that. Um, I, I kind of agree with you, though. I, I can't see anything, especially being a 1982 film, that I would change about it. But I definitely do like, and I've never noticed um, how older movies fade to black. Or mm-hmm. even there's some movies now, they still fade to black. I learned that in my film class. It's, it's just a special effect to you know, make it more dramatic. Yeah. And draw you in more. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head to change. I think the only thing I would change, and this is just me personally, there was just Go too ahead. many people for me to keep up with. Okay. So I just feel like yeah. I do feel like they didn't need how many men was it? It, it, 10? Was, it was twelve, like yeah. Twelve yeah, men. Yeah, I agree with you. But I mean I, I understood why, because I mean they were what were they even out there really doing? Research. Okay, so they were out there doing research. I guess it was just, 
I was getting lost because, I mean, they were all in like snow outfits and I kept getting confused on who was who okay. during some of it, you know, yeah. when it was, I was like, oh, that ain't that person. That's the other one. But that would be the, that would be the only thing. I, got I just think it was too many people. Other than no, that, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I don't think I have anything. I thought that they, the plot, that's my biggest thing. Like, I don't like movies that the special effects are great and the characters act great, but then the storyline makes zero sense. I got you. you know what I mean? So I think that all of that lined up together. Okay. Where, yeah. So, yeah. So even though like, it had too many guys, it still was. Still yeah, like it still made sense. Yeah, you know, okay. like even the whole purpose of the beginning, the opening scene, mm-hmm. like, you know, they had to have that scene in order to figure out where this thing even came from. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So, because at first you're watching, you're like, oh, what is this crazy man doing? <laughs> He's just shooting at this poor little innocent dog and then come to find out it wasn't a little innocent dog. You know, yeah. so it's just, it was like everything truly did have like hmm. a reasoning <laughs> behind it. <laughs> yes, I'm sentimental when it comes to dogs. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. Um, I'll dive into that a little bit more about that scene because there's a specific reason why. Well, no, nah, not really. I get, I guess so. I guess so. I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit. But um, top five things. So it's our next category. So me personally, my top five is the effects of the film. Whether it's like the explosions, the um, I thought they had a fun time doing explosions on this. Yeah, it was, awesome. <laughs> it was like a lot of explosions yeah. in this movie. So the explosions, the 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 alien effects on how they transition, trying to transition to humans, the buckets of buckets of blood in this movie. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll see you guys tomorrow. So, it, so that's one of that's no in no order. That's one of my favorites. Um, I love how the whole story of the film, how it keeps you on the edge. Like you keep guessing, you keep wondering well, who's next, who's next. My favorite character in the film was Childs, and I was like, "Please don't let this man get, mm-hmm. don't let him get, don't let him get got." Mm-hmm. All right. So I was, I'm, I was happy that he lived through the film, um, which leads me to my next number, number this, this my next thing on my top five. The black guy lives. You know, you never see that in the horror movies. You rarely see that. Black guy lives. Shout out to John Carpenter. Shout out to George A. Romero. Always keeping the black guys alive, or at least to the very end of the film. Of the films. Because Keith David also worked with John Carpenter in another movie called They Live. But he dies, but he like dies all the way to like the very end. Like he's like the last guy to die. So. Uh, my number four, the chest opening scene. That scene really stood out. Oh, um, that one scared me. <laughs> oh my god! A fact about that movie, about that scene specifically, they um, remember when his arms get eaten off? Mm-hmm. They actually use a, a extra during that part, and it was like a they use a double amputee person who missed both his arms, so to make it look more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I'm trying to see if I can explain this scene to like my listeners. So in this scene, they're all paranoid because they're all getting taken one by one by this alien. And a guy has like a heart attack or something. So they bring him into like the doctor's office and they start operating on him, trying to bring him back to life. And what's those things called? Uh, 
heart resuscitator. Yeah, a resuscitator. They they use that thing on him three times, and on the third time, his chest open or uh, his chest opens up, and he chews his arms off, chews the doctor's arms off, and then the arm the doctor turns into the alien or morphs with the alien that's on the operating table, and I thought that was very interesting, very epic. The head mm-hmm. the head starts come off off the body and then turns into like a little six legged alien spider. thing spider spider thing so that scene was that was a really good scene and um my last my last thing that i love about it is the uh is the testing scene where they have so at this point in the film this happens immediately after the uh the chest opening scene so um, our main protagonist kurt russell or mcready rj mcready he ties everybody up in this room and he cuts up cuts their finger open one by one puts in like a little test uh plate plate, test plate whatever and he like burns the blood to see which one who's infected and he gets to the stoner of the film palmer (laughs) and his blood reacts like an alien would and they all start freaking out so i thought that was a pretty interesting cool way of testing to see who was Alien and who's not alien. And that's my top five. Um, effects, the whole story of the film, black guy lives, <laughs> chest opening scene, and the test scene. Uh, you guys got any top fives? Let me go. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, so since you mentioned one of mine, I actually have written down. Go ahead. Top five, uh, definitely the scene, I think that was my favorite scene. Uh, when they were testing the blood, because you didn't know, like I was like, right, he about to, you know, he about to be the one, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. or he about to be next, and so it just kept going. And like I said, while we were watching the movie, I did not expect the stoner guy to be the one. And the way that the, so the way it happened, Kevin just explained it. As soon as the blood like did something crazy, I don't know, it, it like had like a hyper reaction yeah, to it. The alien in the guy or the thing just instantly. Turn the guy into him, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. It was, uh, and it kind of led into, um, what's that, Keith Davis? Yeah, we were. I was anticipating. And is that who it was? The black guy who lived the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was anticipating him to be one too, because he was like, "I'm ready. Like, you don't do it." Um. Oh yeah. Like, let's thing, do it. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. So, uh, second thing, I like the guesswork of the whole movie. Like I said, it kept me suspenseful, kept me like engaged in it. Um, but the suspense throughout the whole movie, like open the scene, I'm like, like Devin's like, why are you shooting at this dog? And then I mentioned, I was like, that must be the thing, because he he shot the guy, but then he ran right past the guys, and then kept trying to shoot the dog. So I thought that the guesswork was on point too. I like how I I watched a lot of older films in my film classes, and there was no overacting. Like you know how they mm. were doing the most in some of those older movies. I'm just like. You sound like me trying to act, you know, not an actor. That's what I was sound like. So surprisingly, I actually like the like I know the sci-fi, so I like the genre of this movie. Um, when Kevin said we're watching the thing, I was like, and I looked at the front of the DVD, I was like, well, might have stood up when I'm watching this one. I just don't know. And my last thing was I like Kurt Russell how he acted throughout the whole movie. Like he started from like a guy in the back. Okay. They ended up like leading um, and leading, like telling everybody what to do, leading them, 
having the idea of testing the blood, I thought that was pretty cool. He was a badass in this movie, man. He was. I he liked was that. That's why I liked him so much. Because when it got towards where they had him like outside, like, dang, he about to die. There's no way he about to die. And then it got to the end of the movie when the alien started popping up, or the thing started popping up through the snow. I was like, dang, bro, it's over. Like, you did your, you did a good job. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think Kurt Russell did his thing in, his movie, in this movie. So Okay. Well, your face is like a lot of mine too. Um, but I would have to agree. I one thing that y'all didn't say that I actually really liked was I wouldn't say I liked the part where they went to the Norwegians where they actually left to go find like why this man was shooting at the dog or whatever. Oh yeah. But when they actually came back to Okay, let me start over. When they actually went there, the whole reason this whole thing even got there to them was just because they brought that body back, plus the dog. So it's just kind of like you brought two things back rather than one. And I didn't think about it until like when we started this. If they would have just brought the dog back and they would already killed the dog that ate the other dogs, would that have been the end of the movie? You know what I'm saying? You know, because mm. there was like two different aliens and I didn't think about all of that or it was like a break off. Anywho, the second thing I liked was the fact that the thing or the alien morphed into whatever it consumed. Like, I had never really okay. seen that before in a sci fi, like I said earlier. Usually, it just eats it and it just keeps on moving. But the fact that it had to morph into somebody else and you had no idea that it was the alien, I think that that is just so creepy. And it kind of, I said it during the movie, I was like, it's like coronavirus. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you, I mean, like, in a sense, like, if you naturally, if you would have no idea from the outside looking at somebody, whether they've been in contact with it or whatever, and it's the same kind of situation, but this is more serious because you are at a site, you have no outside communication with anybody, and yeah, it's you 12, and if you don't know who it has it, you and wind up dying. Um, I agree with Darrell. The acting I thought was really good. It wasn't because sometimes like it can just be really bad acting to where it's just like, what, what was the purpose of you being in this movie, <laughs> honestly? But I thought the acting was really good. No one over or underacted. Um, and then I also agree with you, both of you, on the testing the blood scene. Um okay. I thought that that was just really unique. It kind of scared me <laughs> yeah. because it it kind of left you so suspenseful because there, I think, you know, you grow a likeness to certain characters throughout a movie. Mm. And so in a sense, you don't want a character to be it. So his was the stoner guy. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I don't smoke <laughs> and so he grew a likeness to that character. And it was just like, no, like, why did you have to be it? I um, felt like you grew a likeness to the dogs in them. Yes, I was really upset. I don't think y'all understand. My poor, all my dogs got the, they all got killed. They got got. It's okay. All right. It's really not. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so, and then the last thing I would say is, um, oh, I had it on tip of my tongue. I just think I would agree about the black guy living at the end. Because that's, I mean, even in sci-fi movies, that's not very common. Plus, you don't see many black actors in sci-fi. No ones I've seen. I don't okay. see very many yeah. in sci-fi movies. Um, and usually, you know, the way they portray the black character is not someone who is smart enough to make it to the end, mm. I guess you could say. So I think that Keith, what? 
Keith David. Keith David. The fact that I felt like he was very strong enough. He was level-headed enough at some points, and he was smart enough to make it to the end. I thought that that was kind of big, especially for the setting of 1982. Like mm-hmm. you just, I just feel like that's uncommon. So I didn't want to say something about a black guy always dying in the films. Um, Cause I recently watched this documentary about black characters in horror films. Mm-hmm. And I found it very interesting. Um, it's like one of, one of the people that was talking was like a professor at a, at a university. And she was saying that um, when, when a black character gets killed off, and the film it shows it's like a it's like a sign or a power to show the other movie characters of I just killed one of your strongest people and mm-hmm. now you and now you're going to now you see how how powerful I am because I killed off one of your powerful characters. Mm-hmm. So that's a re that's like somewhat of a reason. I don't I still I mean I thought that was cool and interesting, but still not a good reason for me to understand why <laughs> black people right. should be dying in films, horror films, A. And then B, I don't like this reason at all, but it's it's mainly true, is that um black characters in horror films are used as like a as like a savior or a sacrifice to keep the white character alive. That's true. So my yeah. I have one more thing. Go ahead, my fault. <laughs> no, Go ahead. So I got top six. It's all I good. Like, I like how the scientists, they took the scientists out of the film for a while throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. And you would have thought, like, I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, he, he was the first one to caught on to everything. Yeah, he was the first one to caught on. And then I was thinking, like, he he was never affected. And then at the end of the movie, he, like, pops up real low key, like, right behind me. You saw yeah, him, yeah. like, literally slid him in there. And I was like, oh. I got to disagree. I got to disagree with you on that because I feel like he, he wasn't infected because remember, how they go into the tool shed where they kept him out there, right? And they go into the, they find out he built a tunnel and then that tunnel was like another alien ship that he was building this whole time. So like the whole time they were paranoid and mm-hmm. freaking out. Well, maybe not in the beginning of the, at the, at the early stages of the film, maybe like, maybe somebody came out there and, and got him. And when, when they got him is when they built, but, but yes, he, he was like one of the first ones to catch on. They thought he was suffering from paranoia and they're like, he's not himself, he's not himself. Well, he was himself until he got infected. So, so that's what just threw me off. I mean, I thought like he was just going crazy in the shed because he was just going crazy, but um, when he said he was fine, and like I didn't know. He put up a fight. Yeah, he put yeah. up a fight in that shed. I don't know. It just threw me for a loop. Please let me back inside. I'm good now. I'm yeah. good. Please, please. <laughs> I'm ready to come back inside. crazy is how I talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Somebody's girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, had one, I had one more thing too. I thought it was interesting at the end of the movie when McGrady was saying the I can't remember who it was that they cut all the lights off in order for it to get cold. Like he said, oh, it's going to yeah. get down to like negative a hundred. And the reason why the alien did that was so he could go back and refreeze, mm-hmm. rather than you know the only way he was really dying was by them torch flaming them. So I thought that that was interesting. Like it just again shows like if there is you know extraterrestrial things out there, like they're oh, I'm pretty smart. sure there is. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like they're really smart. Like I wouldn't have thought, well, hey, let me go refreeze myself and let me go wait back up in 50 years for the next idiot that comes out here. Mm-hmm. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, independence, no. 
Anything yeah. else, man? I mean, I'm, I'm glad y'all talking about it. I mean, if there's anything else that you guys like about the film, go ahead. I mean, it's it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think we go. I feel like that was a whole movie yeah. in okay. a sense, yeah. Right. So, my next category I have here is does it deserve a sequel? So, I want to dive more into this movie right quick. So, originally, there was a film titled The Thing from Another World. And it came out in 1951. And it's, I own it too, but it's like legit, <laughs> it's like black and white. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of odd because it's basically a big alien carrot killing the research team in Antarctica. And the research team, consists of Air Force officials and scientists, and he doesn't really turn into human form. He just basically just kills him in its big, huge, mutated alien carrot form or whatever. But um, a lot of people have called this a remake, but it's not a remake. It's because the 1982 version is a, is a completely different movie. But both movies were based off of the book that came out um, and the book was called Who Goes There by John Campbell. And the thing from, 1980, from 1982, it stays more connected and more truer to the, the book than any other adaptations. So I did want to say that and give you guys a little bit of a history lesson on that film. But um, in 2011, there was a remake of the same, oh, it's all good. You good? Sorry. She she infected with the alien now, so oh, you gotta watch out for her. Over. Got a corner over there. <laughs> hey, let me see your finger. I'm gonna cut it right quick. Oh, I'm gonna go up. You got you got fire. Yeah, I got a little lighter. I don't smoke though. I don't oh, smoke okay. though. This is for lighting candles, guys. What flavors again? Vanilla cupcake. Ooh. Okay. Or birthday cake. <laughs> birthday cake. I mean, Marley picked it up. Oh. But she can't read. She can't read. She chose it. I don't think so. You, you're looking real deep into this thing. <laughs> oh, my fault. My fault. You're the thing. Um, in 2011, a remake was made and of the same name. And it has some big names in it, such as Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Egerton. Oh, I'm about to tear this man's name up. And Adwale Akinoye. I, I, I bet so. She's looking at yeah, he is African. He's he's, he's pretty he's pretty cool, great actor. Um, but it it didn't have a huge success, and a lot of fans from the original actually hated it. Me personally, I thought it was okay. Um, thought it was like more updated because of the special CGI effects nowadays. But it got it just got some bad reps. Um, and I was gonna say about that movie, the way that movie ends, because like the the beginning of this film when the guy, the Norwegian guy in the helicopter shooting the dog. So he plays a role in the remake to mm-hmm. or a prequel. And he um he shows up in the I think the beginning of the film and then like disappears and then comes back at the end of that film. And it shows him getting into the helicopter, chasing the dog down because he knows it's a thing. And so it kind of like ends it right there and set up for the 1982 version 
And there was also a video game released in 2002, and it serves as a sequel to this version of the thing. And IGN gave it an 8.5 out of 10, and GameStop, GameSpot gave it a 8.4 out of 10. But um, overall, the game was really good, obviously. And But overall, my, my personal decision, I don't think it deserves a sequel. I, I like the way it is. And I like how it, it the movie ends with like an open ending. Like, so are these guys really infected or not? There's actually, there's actually out there, there's fan theories of people saying that McReady is actually infected or that date or that uh, child is actually infected. And they have good reasons why, but that's just a theory. And it just leaves you out and open ended. So. What do you guys think? Do you guys think they deserve a sequel? I'll go first on this one. Um, I think if they did a sequel, I would want to know the storyline before the Norwegians. Okay. Like, I would want to know how the alien got there. I would want to know like how it tore apart the Norwegians and how they try to handle it or whatever, rather than maybe seeing if McGrady or Giles or Giles, however he says him, if they were infected okay. and going back to civilization, okay. I would want to see what happened before I it actually you. reached their campsite. Yeah, it, 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 don't worry about that story because they did that already and it's terrible. Uh, hmm? Never mind. Never mind. So I guess no. Say <laughs> <laughs> question. Oops. <laughs> I think... Um... I'm going to say no, uh, but if they did that alternate ending where they had McReady, he was the only one alive and he got rescued and then they were testing his blood and like blacked out right there, yeah. like right when they're testing it, I wouldn't see that. Oh, okay. Oh, demo. Yeah, okay. okay. So when is the next one dropping? <laughs> okay, I got you. Um, I wanted to say that there was also different alternate deaths to each person. <laughs> yeah, like one person got stabbed with a screwdriver and died that way. One person got dragged by an alien and swallowed a cyanide pill, so that way the alien wouldn't get him. Um, and it's like different alternate death scenes. They said, oh, <laughs> Nall's the second black character in the film. They said that, or I read somewhere that he, um his, his alternate death scene, because in the film it didn't show his death scene. So in this alternate death scene, it was going to be like really gory and really bad. So no girl went like that. Boy, we <laughs> So the last and final uh, segment, we have the Hollywood Shuffle. So Hollywood Shuffle is basically where I um, I guess like just recast it with today's actors. So me personally, for McReady, I have Robert Downey Jr. I could see him somewhat playing okay. as, as McReady. You know, mm -hmm. I, think I would either do Robert Downey Jr. or Matt Damon. Ooh, okay. I like Matt Damon, that's a good one. I have Daniel Kaluuya as Childs. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah I like that yeah, one. No, no. He's from, uh, from Get Out. Get Out. Oh, Queen and Slim. Uh, unfortunately, 
I would say him, or if not, uh, brother. Oh, if he was still alive. If he was rest still in alive. Peace. Yes. yes. Wakanda yeah. forever. I yeah. would say him. But no, I like that choice. Yeah, that's definitely a tough one, though. Yeah, I would definitely say him, too. I have Patrick Wilson as Clark. Do you guys know Patrick Wilson? Name a movie he played in. Insidious. Um, the, the I hate that movie. <laughs> the it scares con- me. The Conjuring. I hate that one, too. He, well, I guess it would have been perfect. He should have been it. The thing. <laughs> I think he was the guy with the. Um, did he wear glasses in the movie? I know he was. I know a, who you're talking about. He was the dad in. in yeah. Okay. So, and he would have been who? Clark, the the dog, the dog guy, the guy with the beard. Oh, with the beard, the one that walked okay. the into the cave. So I have him as that. I have Kurt Russell coming back in this film, but as oh. Gary, the old, the the older captain guy. Remember him? He had a pistol. Oh, the yeah, one that yeah. they blamed him for taking the blood. The yeah, yeah. With with the gray. With, yeah. And he like passed the gun over. He's like, I, I shouldn't be leader anymore. Maybe somebody else should. Mm-hmm. I have Chris Pratt in this film as Palmer the pothead. <laughs> Could you see that? Yeah, he's the one that. <laughs> oh, how do y'all know these characters by their first name? Why well, don't you do? Uh, I love it because I told you that. <laughs> um, Chris, I say either. I was gonna say I would say him either as that or interchange him with Clark. One of the okay. two. You can yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah. Um I have Zach Galifianakis as <laughs> Dr. Blair. Yep. Anything he you can put him anywhere. Oh, which, one is, <laughs> now, which one is that? Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. The hangover. What? Okay. No, I knew I knew the name. Okay. I just couldn't hey. remember. No, he's like, too funny to be it, in this movie. Nah, he can he can do his seriousness now. I feel and like I can, all I would picture is <laughs> I, and I can see him going paranoid. He he would do really good being paranoid as hell. What well, do you think he should be the doctor of the scientist? Oh, if you think he's my paranoid. Uh, yeah, the the scientist. His name the scientist's name is Doctor Blair. But yeah, oh, okay. the science scientist Blair. Gotcha. I have Lakeith Stanfield as Nalls. Yes, he looked just like him. <laughs> oh, he does. A yeah. little bit, yeah. You don't know who that is. Yeah, dude. Oh, you do? Okay, my fault. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he looking it up. <laughs> so I have him as Nalls, the yep. roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have a young version of the doctor because the doctor was old. Okay. So as Dr. Cooper, I have Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> Harry Potter, yep. I can see that. Yeah. Let me see that, actually. So windows, remember him the, mm-hmm. with the curly afro, white boy with the communication. Yeah, communications guy. So I have Blake Anderson as windows. I don't know who that is. Who's Blake Anderson? You ever seen the show Workaholics? No. She's mm-hmm. behind. Go ahead, show her a picture. You oh. got to pull I'm behind. Oh, <laughs> like so ten I have twelve. That guy. As, okay. As windows. Oh, okay, I've seen him that before. Then yeah. Okay. I have a. Uh, Dev Patel as George Bennings, and I believe he was in Life of Pi, and he's in another. He's like a, he's like an up and coming actor too. Who did he play? Pi. Um, I think so. Yes. Oh, well, I don't even know what he looks like now. Well, I think I think so. Don't quote me on that though. D E V Patel. Like the Patel attendant. Oh. <laughs> So I was like just mixing it up. And he would play who? Uh 
Bennings. I think it was, I think Bennings was the balding guy. But I just wanted to switch it up with like, as with today's actors, you know, make it a little bit more diverse, I guess. Michael Shannon as Vance. And I think Vance was the uh, guy with like the white guy with like the flat top. The guy who had his chest opened up. Oh, okay. So. You don't know. I got to look everything up for her. Don't do that. <laughs> you, you don't even know any of these people. I have, and then finally, I have Miles Teller as Fuchs, the the one that kept saying the one that um, Fuchs was the one that McReady kept going to saying, I, "I need you to come up with a new test for me." And he's like, "Well, I need this doctor to, to be with me. I can't do it without him. Uh, oh, okay. I need him. I need him." Yeah. So I have Miles Teller playing that character. What about a Samuel L. Jackson? Character Keith Davis play. Oh, Childs? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Too much person. I know, I like that. No, that's tough. That's tough. Because he's played in some movies very similar. So I think that'd be, that's the only one I can think of. Like. That's cool. I mean, no, that's, that's a real tough one. I like that. Did you guys have had anything? I mean, it, that's why he would fit that character. Yeah, that's a real good one. Yeah. Hmm. Look, I got at you. Look at you. I see like three. <laughs> Um, I say. Yeah, you don't have to change everybody, but if there's no, someone else, no, no. I was, I was just thinking. I mean, to be honest, like I feel like the ones you chose are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably. I'm be honest. I would. I wouldn't have thought of most of them that you just named. <laughs> most of them I didn't know, but yeah, I, I agree with most of those peaks. Again, like I told you though, for me, I probably would have cut the cast in half. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just feel I like. Like you, like the ones that kind of like the last guy you named. I don't even remember him in the movie, so it's just kind of like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuchs. Fuchs. So it's just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I feel like like the, I feel like the ones that st- that stood out the least were were Benning's the, the balding white guy. Yeah, and, I don't even remember him. It's and, no, and Vance Norris, the one. I didn't even know him. The only way he was made popular in the film was when he got this chest opened and then like was eaten up. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. True. Okay. Then he was losing it too. I mean, everybody was losing it, but he was losing it too. Now, who would you replace the dogs? <laughs> <laughs> the dog from Snow Dog. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. I'm getting Airbud. <laughs> wow. No, that's not a golden retriever. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So, would you keep the setting the same, or would you change the? No, nah, I keep the setting the same. Yeah, everything is the same except for this the cats. Got Just it. change them up. But yeah. So, anything else? Nope. That's it. I think that's it. Okay. So that's it. That's the show. We ain't got no more. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and. Come see me next week as I talk about Blade. Oh!